A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. It's a football Wednesday. Big weekend coming up in college football. Maybe the biggest game in the history of USF and University of Central Florida. And the Bucs head on up to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. Welcome into the Rick and Tom podcast. Tom Jones, Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times. Our show is produced by Steve Verstick. This will be our last podcast of the week as we uh, as we're going to celebrate our holiday as well. Rick, Thanksgiving. I'm going to I'm going to in the in the in my bracket. It's a number 1 seed Thanksgiving and I it might be my all-time winner. It might be my favorite holiday. Thanksgiving. I like Thanksgiving. I mean, it has, you know, I, I mean, look, food and football and family, right? The exactly. Three there you go. So there's very there's very in, little... by the way, in that order. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. A family definitely last, not first. Sorry, Tony no. Dungy. It's not and a family. food first. No, sorry, yeah. Food, yeah, food, football, and family. Um, <laughs> Tony Dungy, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's family first. I don't want to like right, you know, I don't want to get this it, backwards. Yeah. <laughs> and actually nothing is involved with food in his family first. Anyway, you know, sometimes I mean it can be stressful on, on the holidays because you see family that you haven't lived with for 35 years and you realize you didn't like them. All. No, I'm just kidding. I love my no, family. You know what? You know what you but, realize though? You don't, you might go a year without seeing people or you might go right. 10 years without seeing them. And the same things that annoyed you then still, still annoy you, you now. Yeah, that's true. Now that you also true. the good things, but it's those yeah. little things like, why do they put their fork like that on their teeth when they eat their, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, but, really? but overall though, Thanksgiving's an awesome, I, that's my favorite. It's my favorite. Holiday yeah. Thing. As you get older, you're like, why do they take their teeth out before they put the spoon in them? <laughs> um, but <laughs> anyway, yeah, it, it is a great holiday. And I just, um, you know, I don't know if you're a big parade guy. I Yeah, what well, I, what I not like in to person, do, on TV. I like to watch it on TV. That's what I'm saying. And, and it's it's sort of like a weird, on a bucket list thing, although in the times we live in, this would be like completely stupid to do. Two things that I that I really should never try to do in New York City because New York City is not my... As you know, Tom, you love New York. I do love I don't New heart York. New York as much as you heart New York. Right. I heart Chicago. But um, and at one time, I hearted radio as well. But <laughs> but I think that... Uh, but they didn't <laughs> love that, us like we love them. <laughs> no. That old boy. Oh, that's true. The, the thing is, is that the Macy's Day, Thanksgiving Day, the Macy's... Look, I can't even say the, the parade right. The right. Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade yes. with the balloons. And it, it, it feels like Thanksgiving when you turn on the TV in the morning and boom, there it is. You know, there's right. there's the giant, um, I don't know, uh, Miss Piggy or somebody. Going, SpongeBob. Yeah, SpongeBob SquarePants or whatever. Yeah. Which isn't exactly the traditional, you know, like SpongeBob no, wasn't the, around until like right. 1995. But, but thanks for throwing that one out there. Um Thinking more like Mickey Mouse or something. I don't know. Yeah, I who's got the you, oldest? Who is the oldest balloon? I don't even know anymore. But uh, yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know who. I was going to make a bad joke, but I'm not going to do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, never mind. Um, 
So there's the Macy's Day Parade. The other the other holiday that would involve New York that I would never go to, but always saw myself there, is New Year's Eve with in Dick Times Clark Square. rocking rocking with Dick Clark. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> rocking New Year's Eve with Dick Clark, which is now well, it was now whoever it is. I mean. I don't know who's is left. left in Hollywood? Is anybody left? Is anybody left? Because in, can anybody left in Hollywood do this show now? Because Kathy no, Griffin's well, Kathy gone Griffin, off Kathy, one. Kathy, yeah, Kathy, she got bounced off. And now, the, now and now the dude from American Idol was his name. Ryan uh, Seacrest. Uh, Ryan yeah, Seacrest people, might be in trouble. Yeah, he might be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know? Did you also realize this? We'll just get to the R-rated part of the program here. Did you realize Thank like you. how people? Do you know how people go to the bathroom at those things? Like you get in Excuse there for. Me? Well, yeah. You know, you like have to stand there for a long time. Yes, you, like all day, and people are drinking. You so know they don't have do? portalettes or anything. No, well, they do, but you know how? You know what people do at those events? Oh God, they wear I'm adult. You... They wear adult diapers. Come on. They do. That's a big thing. They wear adult Come diapers. Come on. These, yeah, because you're standing there for like literally ten hours or whatever, and you're drinking and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's wow. true. But here, to, now to get it back to a PG-rated story. Uh, my high school, I didn't. I was not in the band in high school, but I had a neighbor, a neighbor who was in a high school band. They got invited to be in the Macy's Day Thanksgiving. That parade, would be cool. That would be great. Which is really cool. So, uh, we're, so we're, of course, we're glued to the TV that morning, waiting for and, him. Yeah. And I said, and it just, it, it, and they said, uh, all right, and now coming around the corner, the South Allegheny High School band from Libertyboro, Pennsylvania, just as they were turning the corner, it's like, and let's take a break. We'll be right back right after this. And yeah. just as they come back on, the band is turning the corner down the other side. Oh, of the man. So they literally were not on, like, not even for a second. So, Oh, man. But anyway, love Thanksgiving. Uh, like watch Thanksgiving. football. Sure. Watch football all day. I don't like college football games on. I like to watch the NFL games. And, and I'm always mad when they're not good games, but I'll end up watching. Uh, games all Thanksgiving day long. Rick, this is a big weekend for college football. Now, what's really cool about it is the game in college football around the state of Florida will be the day after. And it's going to have national television. ABC's showing the game. Central Florida, USF. So in the Tampa Bay Times we, and on TampaBay.com, we had uh, Tracy Johnson, our college's editor, uh, Joey Knight, who covers USF, Martin Fenley, um, Joe, um, uh, Matt Baker, who covers college football. Everybody picked who was going to win this game. Every person picked UCF except for one person. I picked you. USF. Yeah, I'm picking USF to win this game. Wait a minute. Let me let me straight. So you were the contrarian in this, in I was. this uh, group of people? I was. I was Stunning. the contrarian. Stunning, right? Yeah. But you I'm telling you. You put your finger in the air, and whichever way is blowing, you turn around, <laughs> right? Is that how it works? And I'm right so much of the time. It's it's Tom O'Clock, man. It's, uh, it I'm, I'm right. Well, there you go. Nostra Thomas. There you go. Now, here's my theory on this, Rick. I think UCF is a really good football team. They're killing people. They're blowing everybody out. Uh, and USF, really, who? what do we have to base it on? They haven't played anybody either, and they've, they end up losing the game. And they didn't look good last week against Tulsa. They struggled to win that game. I just, I'm looking at this team, Rick, and over the last two years, they've won 20 out of 23. I don't care who you're playing. That's a pretty good run that they've been on the last two. They lost two games a year ago. They lost one game this year. I don't think they're intimidated by UCF. I think Charlie Strong will have them up for this game. And don't forget, this is a UCF team that's come. They were 0-12 a year ago. If they pulled this off, it would be stunning to go from 0-12 to 12-0. I just got a feeling that UCF's going to be a little bit more nervous for this game. I think USF, University of South Florida, is going to be a little more in control, a little more accustomed to 
sort of the bright lights of of what this game represents. <laughs> bright lights of the Central bright lights Florida. of the afternoon in <laughs> in Central yeah. Florida. I think the best team's going to win, and and I I I tend to think that that's UCF. Uh, you know, for USF to win, I I've not trusted their defense in a long time, and this would have to be an incredibly high scoring game. I think. Um, because I know this, I mean, you, you know, you, you, UCF has, uh, the number one scoring offense in the nation. So, you know, um, they, and, but they play better defense than U, USF does and South Florida does. And so I, I kind of, I tend to think that South Florida on defense would have to play way over their heads and you'd have to have just a look, Quentin flowers is the wild card. What, what gives USF a chance is that he's the best player in the conference again, Mm-hmm. And what would really give them a chance if realizing this is his, you know, one maybe his next to last college football game, but maybe the most important one he'll play with a chance to go to a conference championship is that if he just runs the ball, you know, yeah. he has he has not just taken off this year as much as we have seen in the past, and he's become a better thrower as a result of it, and maybe a better quarterback overall. But in this game, the thing that that UCF can account for is this guy's escapability. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you don't remember him uh, like I remember him, but when Freddie Solomon was a quarterback at the university of Tampa, he wasn't obviously didn't have the same body type because, but, but Freddie was probably about six foot or so. Um, but, you know, could, could move and make people miss and um, you know, was very, Flowers esque in that way, so I just think that that the whole thing is going to be on if, if there's one guy that just goes crazy, and I think that player has to be Quentin Flowers. Well, and you mentioned it, Rick. He's he's gotten a little bit better throwing the football. He's still not a great thrower. He's still a much no. better quarterback running around than he is sure. um, making plays with his arm. Making plays, yeah, and, right. And and if USF catches a bit of a break, the the weather could be a little lousy on Friday. It's talking about maybe some rain. Coming up the next few days, yeah. that might. So does actually, that help USF? You think? I think so. I think it might help USF mm-hmm. a little bit. They don't. I think they run the ball a little bit better. Here's the thing about Quentin Flowers. I think he's had a terrific season, and and yet he's done it pretty much on his own offensively. If Mar- Marlon Mack was a big deal on this offense a year ago, yeah. if they'd had him back for another year, Quentin Flowers would have had an even better season. He's really their entire offense. They have a couple receivers that can catch the ball, but um. But I like I like USF. Now let me ask you this, Rick. A year from now, I mean, it, we've heard all about these names. Now it's all of a sudden, Charlie Strong's name's coming up about Tennessee, the Tennessee job. His name's coming up about the old Miss job. This is really a shame because these are two really good football programs who are who are having terrific seasons. And half of the conversation is, well, are their coaches going to be here? But Rick, there's a decent chance that neither one of these coaches will be in this game a year from now. Well, Scott Frost won't be. Um, I'm convinced that, you know, he'll either go back to Nebraska or maybe coach Florida, but he, he's definitely not going to stay there. He's done. He's milked as much as you can out of that program. I mean, to have the season he's had um, and to turn it around as quickly as he has, he's just impressed everybody. He's the it guy. And, and I still believe that if Florida winds up hiring Chip Kelly, it's really their second choice. Um, I could be wrong. I haven't talked to anybody. I don't know that, but it would seem to me Scott Frost, rightly or wrongly, is is probably the number one candidate for most jobs. But you know, that adds something to this game. I mean, it really does. It's like 
I don't I don't think Charlie Strong gets a job this year. I guess if he wanted, you know, one of these SEC jobs, not Tennessee, I don't see them coming after him necessarily, although I suppose they could. Um you know, I think you Ole want, Miss would be interested. Ole Miss if you would be want, interested. If you want Old Miss, you can have Old Miss. You know what I'm saying? Like Charlie Strong could get that job probably if he really, really wanted it. I just don't know why he'd want it. Um, well, it's SEC. It's better. But, He's but, complaining uh, about the facilities at South Florida, although those are going to be improving here in the next couple of years. Yeah. I don't uh, know, man. I, I, I'm not sure he's crazy about the attendance, uh, that people aren't. It's not a as much as USF has, has taken some strides here, and the fact that they're still a relatively new football program. Uh, I mean, it just was the other day Jim Levitt started this thing. It still doesn't – it's not – It's not. I know it's uh, not the SEC. I know it's not Power 5 Conference. I yeah, get the not conference. Miss. But, I mean, it's but, not, I mean it's, if you're, you're going to coach in the SEC, is Ole Miss really is, – is that – it's not – Ole Miss is not even Arkansas. Now, no, maybe but Arkansas. it could could be like Hugh Freeze a couple years ago. Remember they they beat Alabama. They yeah, were, they moved I do. Up. I, I know what you're saying. I look. I'm not. I'm. I'm just playing devil's advocate in terms of Ole Miss. I'm just I agree with. The state I agree of Mississippi. with you. You're going to recruit the state of Mississippi. You're Oxford is a different place. It's 1955 in Oxford to me. I I, I played there against those guys in in baseball, and and I, I mean, it's a beautiful campus and all that. And I'm not going to slam. Probably get Ole Miss fans. You know, going to send me letters or something um, if they're listening, but I, it just doesn't it doesn't strike me as for the SEC. I mean, where would Old Miss rank? Who would, let's put it this way: Who would be below them? Would Mississippi State be below them? Um, that no. If you're right, right now, would, would Vanderbilt? Moment. Would Vanderbilt yes. be below? Them? Yeah, Vanderbilt okay. in the in football and SEC. You're talking about so football we're, programs. We're in talking the about SEC. football programs in the SEC. So if Vanderbilt is below them. Is there anyone below Vanderbilt? Um, you could argue Kentucky, maybe. Con- okay, you know, Kentucky, Vanderbilt. Kentucky, Vanderbilt. Mm. But you're going to get to Ole Miss pretty quick, aren't we? You would, yes, you would think. Although I mean, I'm telling you, it wasn't all that long ago. Hugh Freeze had it going there. He no, did. And then he started calling strippers and stuff, and then the thing, whole thing fell apart. But and that's uh, the key. Will Charlie Strong bring back the strippers? No, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Um, but it just seems. I, if I were Charlie Strong, if I was advising him, I'd say, "Look, you're going to get paid to be in a. If you're going to get paid in a Power Five conference, wants you. That's fine. Just try to pick a better program, where at least, at least recruiting wise, or I don't know. It's just, I just don't. I, don't I know see where you're coming. I know where you're coming from. I don't I feel just, good about Old Miss. I know what you. I know where you're coming from. I. The fact that USF though just doesn't draw the people the way he likes them to, to draw. Oh, them. he's not long for here. Don't get me wrong. But, Don't but get here's twisted. the thing about Charlie. Well, here's the thing about Charlie. Charlie's not 35 anymore. Charlie Strong's 57 years old. And that, that, True. So if he gets he an offer, a long he way might to go, have, he might have to take it. Yeah. I think the long and he say and here's the other thing about USF is USF's on a nice little run here. They had a nice year last year. They went 11. Oh, yeah. they, you know, two years ago they went eight and four. I think. And then last year they go 11 and two. And now this year they're they're probably going to end up going. Somewhere close again to about eleven and two or nine, you know, ten and three, somewhere in there, and uh, and but I mean, Quentin Flowers is gone, and they they could take a tumble. All of a sudden, this Charlie Strong, sure. an attractive candidate, after USF goes seven and six. And you're playing I, the, with the, other guys' players. I mean, Augie Sanchez is not coming back. I right, mean, you know, you're guys, you're you're players. playing with somebody else's guys. Now, if you can keep USF rolling here, then th- those opportunities are going to keep coming along. But if you take a little bit of a nosedive and you go 500 at USF, 
and yeah. all of a sudden you're the fourth best team in the U.S. in in the AAC behind UCF and Memphis and whoever else, Houston or whatever, then maybe those jobs start drying up. That's why you have to. And I think that's why Willie Tiger looked at it, said, "Man, I can do no better than what I did this year at USF. I went 11 and two or whatever it was, and I'm getting a job at uh, Oregon." And this is yeah. his home. He left well, his home to go. What there. Willie Taggart looked at was the dollars, didn't he? In the facilities well, and yeah. everything that comes with I'm it. Sure. I mean, it's an easy decision if you put it in those terms. Right. Um, but I, there's a part of me that says, for, with respect to Charlie Strong, he had the best job he's ever going to have. That's Texas. And he was at the place where he was probably never have more success, and that's Louisville. So if he can get Louisville back one day, if Bobby Petrino moves on. That'd be cool. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll see which which team wins this weekend. But I think Charlie. I think Charlie does the job this weekend. I think. And I'll tell you what else he's going to do, Rick. He's going to sort of play the underdog, which USF doesn't get to play very often. But Charlie's real good at that. That hey, nobody respects you. Nobody nobody thinks we can win. We got to go to their place. Everybody's picking them to win. Free this and game. Lou Holtz, man. Yeah, we can't be Bill and Mary. They put their pants on the same way we do. I, he's. Exactly. I think that he'll play that whole thing up, and and uh, I think they. You're picking UCF though, right, to win that game. I think I said UCF. Do we have to yeah. go back to tape? Yeah. No. no, no you're, you're, the, you're the you're the you're the I don't know. I'm trying to get somebody to join me on my. Uh, no, no. You'd be out there by. Your, you do you, Tom Jones. <laughs> okay, I got another upset alert for you. Ready? I think Alabama and uh, could get a real serious. I think they win. But I think they get a big scare from Auburn. They're on. I put them on upset alert. This will not be a blowout. Auburn will give them all they can handle. See, and I thought I was. I thought I was going to be proud of you if you put them on upset alert because I think I think Auburn's going to beat them. Wow, you're going all in on Auburn. Sure. Wow. Why? Why the hell not? They destroyed Georgia. That was their biggest game so far. They and did, they and, and Georgia, Georgia. Everybody thought that Georgia was sort of just that one rung below Alabama. Um, possible top four team type deal, going to play Alabama in the championship or whatnot. And I think, I mean, look, first it's the Iron Bowl, okay? There's, there may not be a better rivalry. There may not be a better rivalry in the SEC than that, than Auburn-Alabama. I mean, there are people who have made whole careers out of that rivalry, if you know what I'm saying. Sure. So, and then, and then you know, you're right. Look what they did to Georgia. I mean, they obviously have pretty good defense. They, you know, they're familiar with Alabama. I don't think they're being intimidated by them. The game is in Auburn, correct? Right. That's right. That's that's why I think it's if its game and was so, at Alabama, I think I would pick the Tigers. Yeah. So I mean, I look. I don't think this is a perfect tied team that they have, but I could see it. I'm going to call. For, I'm going to say the upset: Auburn over Alabama. I'm gonna. Well, I don't know if USF's an upset over UCF, but I'm thinking USF, and then I'll, I'm well, they are stay, they would I'm be because because UCF's favored by quite a that's bit. That's true. So I'm going to take Alabama though in this game. I'm telling the upset, and you're going to say I'm crazy, and Steve Versick's going to jump through the the microphone here. Michigan, that team up north, is going to take out Ohio State this weekend. Mm. I don't. They don't have a quarterback. I don't know how they're going to get it done. Mm, Jim Jimmy's Harbaugh. Playing. Jim Harbaugh is going to fire this team up. They're going to run through a wall. <laughs> And they're going to be. They're going to They've run into a wall. Now, let me just say, they're not going to run through one, but they've run in one. Is Jim Harbaugh going to be the quarterback? That's what I said. He's going to have to suit up because he might suit up. I don't think I'll, I don't know if the the freshman's coming back after the hit he took the other night. 
Steve, you, you know, I, I got no, you got no chance. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Answer? If Peters was the quarterback, I think there's a shot. Uh, with John O'Corn, no. I think they're going to come out wearing some sort of funky uniforms. They're going to, you know, they're sure. going to, it's going to be one of those, you know, new Rockney type things. He's going to give a speech and they're going to, and they're going to run trick plays. And they're going to run fake punts and fake field they're goals not and onside punt. kicks. No, they're not going to punt. They're not going to punt. Yeah. We're going to go on and, every fourth down. And here's the other thing I keep thinking back to the Ohio State getting given up 55 to Iowa. Ohio State's vulnerable yeah. this year, absolutely. Yeah, but if you can't, if Since you can't Michigan throw the ball, throw it from me you to can't you. Can't throw the ball, then <laughs> it's not going to work against away. the Ohio State defense. Well, yeah. currently, as we sit here now, as a crow flies, yeah, That's but I'm just saying, saying like, like the guy from Napoleon Diamond, I throw that ball over a mountain. But right. they're going. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm taking the team up north. Team up north. I love the so. pick. Yeah, I hope you're right. Sucking up the producer. <laughs> Yeah, there you. I'm. Uh, I, I'm just down on Ohio State. All of a sudden, now if they win, they're going to win the. They're going to win. They're going to get into the college playoffs. No, they're not getting in, Tom. Would you yes, stop they are. that? They're going to beat Wisconsin. No, they're not. Yes, they're beating Wisconsin. It won't they, matter. They still if they won't beat get Michigan, in. they'll beat Wisconsin. They well, sure they will. Well, who you take? Who's your fourth team? I'm going to take whoever loses Clemson and uh, Miami. That's who. So you would take a two-loss Clemson team that doesn't win a, a conference. Over a two-loss Ohio State team that, Miami that does beats. win the conference. I'm going to assume that Miami loses to Clemson, and I have a one-loss Miami so, team, and take them so over. So one-loss Miami team or that a Pac-12 or a Pac-12 team over them. I'll give you a Pac-12. I think you're going to have to win your conference, though. You because I think what Barry look what buries Ohio State is the 55. They got hung up on them by Iowa. I'll, I'll go part way with you on that because I still look back at last year and, and everybody talks about Penn State losing to Pitt and that's that's what killed him even though Penn State won the Big Ten title. What really got Penn State last year wasn't the loss to Pitt, although had they beaten Pitt, they would have gotten in. It was getting creamed by Michigan. That's what hurt them. That, mm-hmm. People had a hard time swallowing that. So How you do can't you lose. say that this is a super team, one of the top four teams in the country, when you can let that happen? When you get beat, when you give up 55. Yeah. yeah, but I also like that they all. I'll tell you what the the committee also likes is hmm, money. Yeah, who's 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 the bigger program? Who's the cooler program? Who's going to get more eyes? Who's going to watch this game? Who's traveling? Ohio, Ohio State, Alabama. I'll, I'll watch that game all day. Urban versus Nick. Sign me up tomorrow. Um, if they anyway. were playing, yeah, right. But well, they're not going to arm wrestle at the fifty yard line. You got to watch their football. Well, it's not going to matter because I'm telling you, Michigan's going to take them out this week, and they won't have to worry about it. Uh, big game in the NFL, Rick. Well, I don't know how big it is, but it's big for the Bucks. <laughs> they go up to uh, they go up to Atlanta. They take on the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta. Now, here's why I say Atlanta's vulnerable, Rick. They're coming off a Monday night game where they traveled all the way out to Seattle. It's a short week. They're going to be a little, little ragged as they prepare Weary. for this game. It's yeah. Thanksgiving week, so I'm sure everybody's schedule is a little bit jumbled. You know, maybe practicing a little bit different times a day. Uh, I, I'm. The Falcons are going to win this game, but it's going to be closer than the experts think. I, I 
the Bucks hang well, What do the experts think? 14? Well, I mean, what what, think, what is that well, number? Sure. It's going to yeah, be large. Sure. It will be large. But uh, I think I think the Bucks hang around in this game. They don't win it, but I don't it's not a they don't lose uh, you know, 41 to 10 or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think they hang around at all. Why you think they get I, hammered? Uh yeah, I don't know if you watched the second half, you might have been busy, but Matt Moore came in and threw for almost 300 yards against that secondary who and, and a defensive line that never got close to him. I mean, never got close to him. If you do that with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Muhammad Sanu and those guys, they will light you up. I mean, against Seattle, Seattle comes out and they have no Richard Sherman. They have no Cam Chancellor. And, I mean, they're just going up and down the field with them. So, I don't – you know, turnovers aside, I mean, if you can tell me, well, they're going to get five turnovers and eke out a three- or ten-point victory, maybe. But I think I think the Atlanta Falcons have way too much – with the way the Bucks' defense has played on the road, in particular, where they're giving up uh, darn near thirty points a game, um, I don't see the Bucks making enough plays. They can't run the ball. Um, they're going to get Fitzpatrick killed because he's going to be in predictable downs and distance. It's in a dome stadium. Um, it, it's going to be a it's going to be well, a give nightmare. Me for- give me the formula. Give me the formula. How the Bucks can With, win this game? They can't. <laughs> so, so don't even get on the plane. Well, no, they're going to they have the contractually they're obligated to and and you know, they'll 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 play it, but Is this going to be like last week Florida State, which by the way, I didn't know this was a thing. They did they went to 10-minute quarters in the second half of that game last I week. I didn't know there was running clocks in college football. Is that true? I didn't know either. There should be. There should be running clocks. Mercy but, mercy rule. Yeah. But uh, so aside I, I from just, a mercy look, rule, I mean, you, I, look, there's always a possibility that that Atlanta is fatigued, that, the, you know, they have a, a, a screwed up week with Thanksgiving to begin with. They're not getting back till Tuesday early. Like when I say early, I mean, like six, seven a.m. Right. Um, you know, I, I mean, all of that. And then depending on, too, if they had some injuries they sustained against Seattle, that that will factor that'll into it. That'll come out over the next yeah, day or two. But if you're yeah. telling me if you're telling me that that defense that, that played against Miami on Sunday is going up against Muhammad Sanu. Four turnovers, and, man, in the first half. They they created four turnovers. They had it was Jake I know Jay Cutler. Dog. I understand, but they did you know they they did okay uh, getting the getting... one ball bounced off the receiver's hands. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean go through another them guy all. tripped, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean yeah. And I just you know, I just don't see it. It means and Atlanta ha, you know is is trying to crawl their way into the into the postseason. And it a statement game, you know, like at Seattle where you play really well, they'll have a little moment. I just I haven't seen enough from the Bucks consistently and, and with Ryan Fitzpatrick, if they get behind, you know, if you get way behind and that's something that hasn't happened with Ryan against the Jets or Miami. In fact, for the mo- he's had the lead pretty much right up until. So, you know, if they got behind Atlanta and they knew that a guy like Fitzpatrick was going to have to drop back and throw it 50 times, eee, it's going to get ugly, man. I think they hang around. I just my I think they hang around. I think they the way to win, the formula to win. <laughs> hang around. Seriously, the formula look, to win. How do you hang around in football? Well, here's how you hang around. You you <laughs> limit the possessions. You, how do you do that? Killed, I'll tell you what killed the Bucks on Sunday, Rick, is they now the Dolphins went up and down the field on them in the uh in the second half of that game. What did they run? How many plays did they run in the third quarter to Bucks? Seven plays? Yeah, you know like why? That? 
because their defense couldn't get off the field on third and ten. But third and but 10, their, and their offense eight. couldn't stay on the field on third. They had seven, seven plays. Third. They converted one first down. But if yeah. you don't, if you can't stop the other guys, you're not going to get the ball back to give your offense any chance. That's why they were down to seven plays. But if, I mean, you, if you string together a drive and get your defense, yeah. Suppressed. But if, again, if you only get it once because the defense can't get off the damn field, albeit they gave up field goals, but the whole time of possession thing was so tilted because they couldn't stop them. I mean, again, I, I the only thing that's going to stop Atlanta is when they bump their head in the wall after they run <laughs> past the goalpost. Oh man, Debbie Dotter, I'm usually the one. Haven't just you them. seen this game before up there? A year ago, they went up there and won. They went up there and won opening day last sorry, year. Did they you start that sentence with a year ago? <laughs> Just saying. You said, was Ryan Fitzpatrick before? in that game? He was, was that not. him throwing to Austin Safarian Jenkins? No, that's true. That's true. That boy, that oh, does okay. seem boy, that does seem okay. When you put it that way, when you bring up yeah. Austin Safarian Jenkins' name, it's like yeah. it's like oh, no, by the Jim, way, if you want to Jimmy Giles' name. <laughs> if you want to put stock in that big win that they had on opening day in Atlanta and they were the it team for twenty four hours. Yeah, Atlanta went on and went uh, 13-3 and and made the Super Bowl and should have won the damn thing. Um, what happened to the Bucs? Oh, yeah. And they went 8-7 and seven from there on out. <laughs> yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they had a winning season. Nice little winning season. So let me get this right. So I got USF. You got UCF. I got Alabama. You got Auburn. I got right. Michigan. And you have, um, you have Ohio State. I guess we're both taking the Falcons, but I'm I'm actually thinking the the Bucks are going to cover the spread here. And I don't think it's close. And you think it's not even close. And when wow. it's not close, you can start writing at halftime. Um, Colin Coward said something, Rick, and let me let me ask you about this because I was listening to Colin Coward the other day, and he said NFL owners ownership management, whoever makes the decisions for various teams running NFL, have already decided about next season. Like if you look at a team like but like Buffalo, it seems certain in Buffalo they're going to make a change probably, the way things have gone this year. Um, that the Giants have made a decision. Ben McAdoo's out; he's not going to be back next year. Do you think those discussions have happened with the Bucks? Do you think a decision has been made yet on what happens next year in terms of let's, not not so much Jason Light but Dirk Cutter? Um, do I think a decision has been made by the Glazers on Dirk Cutter? I'm repeating the question is stalled yes. for time. That's fine. That's fine. And I, I'll give you my, I, my impression is I don't think so. I don't think a decision has been made yet. Yeah. I, I was, I was leaning towards no. We have a different set of circumstances now, Tom, than we had two weeks ago though. Because like I would have told thing? you, I would have, yes, absolutely. The James thing. Listen, there's only one or two ways this plays it out, okay? Mm-hmm. Somehow he's completely exonerated. When I say exonerated, I don't mean from a legal standpoint. Like I don't think there's even gonna be, he's ever going to be charged, right? I mean, he wasn't charged at Florida right. State. Criminally, yeah, right. Criminally. And the NFL's code of conduct, we've discussed this before on this podcast, that, it, it, babe, it's not about whether you can prove that this guy's guilty or innocent. It's just liability, Okay. Let's just take the code of conduct and say it is just arbitrary. It's whatever they think, okay? Just right. that simple. If you did something that they think, um, you know, is not becoming of an NFL player 
or they think from a liability standpoint they could be in trouble if they put you on the field without punishing you in some way, making you miss games. They are absolutely going to err on the side of you're suspended. And we now have owners like, you know, Bob Kraft and Jerry Jones and, and, you know, and they're watching closely what's going to happen to Jameis Winston, by the way, because they don't like what happened to their guy. Right. And their guy, one of them had, had Super Bowl rings. So, I mean, before this, it was going to be, okay, the quarterback was hurt. He played okay. He played better than okay. Then he got hurt. Then he didn't play. And you know what? The coach managed to win anyway. He won with a backup quarterback who's 34, scrappy, you know, opportunistic defense that got turnovers, that got on a little bit of a roll, and the quarterback came back and whatever he does, he does. But now if you add this to it and the possibility, and I don't know that they'll know at the end of this year, but the possibility that maybe Jameis isn't even here, I don't know if that helps or hurts Dirk Cutter. In other words, if you had some delusions of grandeur, what's the number one thing that would attract a head coach that you would want to to hire? Yeah, quarterback. That you're sure is better than – it's the quarterback. Yeah. Can you at any point, let's say you, you decide, you know what, Dirk's not the guy. All right? Sell me on this quarterback right now. Sell me that I should leave Michigan or ESPN or someplace to come here because I'm going to have Jameis Winston when right I think right. I think they lost a lot in the uncertainty of next season and because of that I kind of think it helps Dirk Cutter in a weird, in a weird way I my because they're not belief- ready to give up on Jameis if you brought somebody else you know one of two things you'll either have to agree that you're keeping Jameis no matter what even if he is suspended for a couple games or we want you so badly that if you want to move on from them, you can. My belief is that, and I haven't talked to anybody about this, and I don't know. Certainly, the Glazers don't don't give any hints or indications. Oh, of what but they're they will. Doing. They, They'll call well, you. Don't you just stay by the phone? <laughs> but yeah, they, yeah. Last time that we got a call on that was Lovey Smith got fired at ten <laughs> o'clock at night or whatever, and you got a call in Pittsburgh when John Gruden got fired. Um, but uh, I don't think they've given up on Dirk Cutter just yet, and we're not going to know enough about the Jameis Winston. Situation after as soon as the season's over, mm-hmm. my gut feeling tells me that they're going to, as of right now, as of this moment, this sort of season plays out as we think it's going to play out, which is yeah, they'll probably lose in Atlanta. Maybe they pull off an upset in in Green Bay, and you know, yeah. they'll, they'll they'll split with uh, you know they'll find a way to split the Carolina game. They win somehow six they, or seven. Somebody wins six or seven games, goes seven and nine. So, well, they didn't have their quarterback for eight of those games or however many James. Two and missing. six start, sure. Right, and and I don't. That it goes back to that whole. Do you have what's your gut feeling about this coach? I think deep down they still feel okay about Dirk Cutter. They're not. They didn't look at him and say as they did late in, in she, clearly when they fired Shiano well before the end of the season. They had made a decision like no, this isn't the guy. We thought it was. It's not. And Raheem midway, Morris. And, yeah. and Raheem Morris, midway through that 10-game losing streak, you knew it was coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this one, I I think if you were to put – and again, it's all gut feeling and just watching it from afar and get, getting a sense of how people are feeling about this thing. I, I just get the sense that they're still okay with Dirk Cutter. They, that he's not that much different in their mind than he was a year ago when they gave him the job. 
and that they're going to hang with them. Now, they go way win one game the rest of the year, and Deshaun Jackson starts turning over lockers, and and people start yelling. It turns out Jameis is a complete mess, and more things come out about that, and Dirk actually knew this. Then that could change everything, clearly. But my point is with the with Colin Coward sort of – and I believe he's right in most cases, Colin Coward, that – Owners Everyone's already have. Already, a, they've already made up their minds. Already have. Yeah, they've already made up their mind at this point in the year about whether they have the right coach or not. I, I think the the Bucks are like sixty percent still think they have the right guy. <laughs> and they have. And but more so, they haven't yeah. made a decision yet. They're not. They haven't decided. Yeah, he's going to be gone at the end of the year. I don't think they're well, there. Yet. And listen, I mean, I don't know how many people they think. You know, the one thing about the Glazers is they always have their big game hunters. And they always have one or two people in mind all the time. I'm almost, I mean, I don't know this, but like there are people on both sides of this thing that think oh, John Gruden's going to coach, John Gruden's not going to coach. I think it's less likely that they coach. I, I think he stays for one more year at ESPN at least. Now, maybe the ESPN will come out and, and announce that everybody's getting fired. I don't know. But I, I just, I mean, next year things would be a lot more clear in Tampa Bay for him, wouldn't it? Well, you'd be past the Jameis situation. You'd sure. know a lot more about that. Um, Dirk will have had another year. The Bucks will know whether they should should have kept him, and that was a good idea or not. Um, you can have another draft where you, you know, might be able to help yourself in key positions like corner or offensive line, what have you. Right. So I just think I just think again a prospective coach, a guy who is hot. A guy who could coach any place, the elite, the chosen, the stars in the eyes guys that the Glazers would have. I think that guy would feel better about where the Bucks are and have a better understanding of where they are in a year than he would at the end of this season. That's true. Because the wheels have fallen off here. Right. I agree. I agree. Um, so for all those reasons, I think Dirk is back. I believe so too. And Jason now, Light, and as a result, this, despite them getting creamed this weekend, according to Rick Stroud up in Atlanta, <laughs> which is I don't happen. know why I went all like you know curb stomping on them because you know now they'll win and, and they'll be you see, nah, but I, I just I, I look I, don't I, think I just going to win. I just think it's going to be close. Just the last my whole thing is that Seattle, the, the Atlanta short week, Seattle yeah. on the road Monday. Night That's football. a factor. Here's another factor I haven't thought of, which I, I think it was a I think it was a key last year. It's Mike Smith. Yeah. If there's, you know, Mike Smith not only knows defense and knows the Falcons, he knows something that a lot of head coaches don't. He has had those guys on grass. He he knows what what their weaknesses are. He knows the personnel. He knows Matt Ryan. He knows what gives Matt Ryan trouble. He knows what gives, you know, Julio Jones how to con- w- w- the defenses that best contain him. Cuz he's had a he's had a front row seat. So there might still be a little bit of that that will favor the Bucks as well. Right, yeah. Well, we will be there. Rick Stroud and I will be in Atlanta for that game. I'll actually be at the USF-UCF game in Orlando before that, and uh, and, and we'll talk about the, the Florida-Florida State game. Well, the next time we talk to you, it will be Sunday night. We will be recording our podcast from the uh, from the new stadium in Georgia, the Mercedes-Benz Dome, which you haven't seen yet, Rick. This place nope. is spectacular. Can't wait for you to see it. I was up there for the Alabama-Florida State game to start the season, and it was just a great place. So that's where we'll record our next podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can check us out on Twitter at Rick Tom Podcast at NFL Stroud and at Tom W. Jones. Thanks to our producer, Steve Verstick. And, again, we'll talk to you uh, on Sunday night. We'll record it. 
from the Mercedes-Benz Dome in Georgia. Have a great holiday, Happy everybody. Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah. That's it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.